0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete.
0: I doff my hat to you, Nikki Kinzer. Well,
1: thank you. Uh,
0: Okay. I, I'm. We're in the middle of our uh, lovely uh, back to school series here. Not in the middle. I think we're at the end. Is this the last back-to-school thing we're
1: doing? Yes, and then we're going to be talking about some parenting things, and then we're going to be going into October ADHD awareness, and we have some great guests coming up.
0: Oh, I'm very excited about that. We have some such good stuff coming up, but today we are talking about study habits, and you know, we've done this. We've we've done this back-to-school thing a number of years, Uh, and I'll tell you, as I was saying last week, I learn something new every time we do it, and I feel like study habits, of all the things we're talking about in the context of being a student, study habits for me is the one that is most resonant because it applies to you every single day of your life. The real question is, how do you learn things, right? Right. And you have to learn things all your life. That's right. And, And I think my hypothesis is many of us Forget this mm-hmm. after we graduate. We mm-hmm. think, oh, I'm done. Woohoo! Throw the mortarboard up in the air and go try to find a job. And, which you uh, have
1: training that usually has to happen with yeah, that job. Right. Which is right. really like going so, back to school.
0: Going back to school. Right. How do you learn things? So, study habits for the ADHD student, particularly resonant for me. I'm very excited about talking about it and hearing what you have to say because you're so smart. <laughs> Before we do that, head over to Take Control ADHD, get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list right on the homepage. We'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if if you really want to show your support, if you really, really do... Head over to Patreon.com/slash the ADHD podcast. That's where you can throw us a couple of bucks every month, and you can join our fantastic ADHD community online, whether it's our members group over on Facebook or our members online community on Discord, uh, where if you support us there magically, new channels just appear for you out of nowhere. It's like it's like uh it, it's like getting off uh, on the train at, at station, what is it, nine and three quarters? Uh, it's like a trip to Hogwarts. You just become <laughs> a patron, you get to go to Hogwarts. What do you think about that? That's the best pitch I've ever made for our I online think community. So. The uh, the beauty of it is, you also get to access our online uh, a live stream of this very podcast. You can come join us for back channel conversations. You get you join us for a happy hour uh, once a month where we just get to laugh with each other uh, as a group. It's just it's really uh, fantastic. It, they're ADHD people, and if you're living with ADHD, listening to this podcast, you know it, it's hard. But ADHD people are the best people in the world, and that's what we are uh, we love to celebrate with our community so uh, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast join us let's see what happens Nikki, you got a thing about effective study habits. The timeline for effective study habits. I love this. This is a new a new way to think about this. You put the word timeline in, and that changes the way I approach it. How? Why'd you Why'd you do this?
1: Well, it's interesting because if you talk to any number of students, each one will probably have a different system in how they study. Um, which is great because there isn't any one way to do it correctly. You really do have to figure out what works best for you. Unfortunately, what I see too often is what they are doing isn't working, but they keep doing it that way. Um, and they're not getting the grades that they want. And uh, and and this goes back to kind of what we were talking about last, last week. No one is really teaching them how to study any more than somebody's teaching them how to use a planner or a calendar mm-hmm. right so um i think that schools and some schools i'm sure are better than others on how they prepare students and and how they talk about these timelines um but again i think it's just one of those things that if you're not if you're not going back to it or you don't follow it it's really easy to kind of forget what's effective and what's not right Mm -hmm. So, today, Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain a four-step process. And just to let everybody know, this information is influenced by the University of Arkansas. This is not something that I, you know, made up on my own. Um, What I did do, though, is I went through the four steps and I tried to... Put in what I thought would be relevant for ADHD students and not just students in general. So where Mm -hmm. I have tweaked the information is really putting it into an ADHD lens, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and how this could work for somebody who, uh, is going to college and has ADHD. So the first step here is what to do before class. And the first thing that I encourage uh my clients to do is that when before you go into lecture, usually on the syllabus they'll say like what topics or what chapter is going to be covered during that lecture. So you want to skim that chapter before going into the lecture. I'm not saying that you have to read it, you know, or take notes on it or anything like that. But it is a really good idea for you to at least skim it, look at, you know, what, what are the main Um, topics, what are the things that are bold, you know, what's highlighted, those kinds of things, so that when you do go into class and the professor starts talking about this topic, you are going to be more prepared than you would have Otherwise, right? the The seed has already been yeah. planted on what you're going to be learning.
0: Well, and that's what you're doing is you're building anchors from the from the instructor's point of view. It allows you to connect what your instructor is saying to places in the text, and that is the that is a lifeline for you because there is nothing worse than getting back to your desk or getting back to your bed or wherever you study and saying I. I don't know how today's lecture connected to what he wants me to read. I don't, I don't get it. Right. That's Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: and everything that we're going to be talking about really comes down to retention. We want your retention of the, you know, of the information that you're learning to increase. You want you to really get it. So by the time that you get to that fourth step of, of studying for the exam, you really do understand. And, and that's, that's step one. It's just really, yeah. you know, coming prepared to class. Well, and I think that's important. Can I just say one thing, though, in there, because on that point,
0: and and it's just I would encourage you if you're listening to this and you're going back to school, you're already in school um, to pivot your language. Right. You're not you, you don't have to study for the test. Ideally, by the time the test comes, you know the information so well that you you didn't have to study for the test because right. you know it. And you're not You've cramming done the work all of these you're not chapters cramming. at yeah. once. Yeah. That's
1: absolutely correct. The other thing that I suggest doing um, before class is reviewing your notes from the previous class. And this only has to take a couple of minutes. Again, we're not talking about studying, right? We're not looking at it and then trying to quiz ourselves. What I want you to do is, you know, if especially online right now, you're probably going to an online class while you're sitting and, and waiting for the everybody to connect, because it always takes time, right, for everybody to connect. And can you hear me? I can't hear you. You're on mute, right? <laughs> all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just take a few moments to review the previous class. And again, what happens here is it's, it's all about retention, because you have already prepared yourself by skimming for the chapter that you're going to be studying. And now you're reviewing what you've already studied. And now you're going to just be that more prepared and ready to connect the dots. So it's just a a really great way of, again, like what Pete was saying, it's just really getting it into your head. Mm -hmm. Now, during class, of course, taking notes is always a great thing to do to keep yourself engaged, right? It's really hard to to watch a lecture and just sit there. Um, Most online classes, not all of them. I have found that not every class is recorded, but most are. Mm -hmm. So this can actually ease a lot of stress or anxiety about, you know, worrying, to oh, I got to get this down. I got to get everything down. Because a lot of times that's what happens is people write too much and then they're behind with wherever the lecture is.
0: Well, the the, the idea, you and I went to college in a different era, but I was very much of the the era in which you, I would take my little micro cassette recorder and I would set yeah, it I next to me as I was in class, or I would give it to my roommate and say, "Go to class and record this lecture for me uh, and put it on tape." And
1: I never did that.
0: Why do you look at me like that when you say that? That, <laughs> that was that really judging. Like <laughs> <No, I'm kidding. laughs>
1: I just didn't go. I just hope for the best. I just <laughs> Well, <laughs> Who am I, I and, and so.
0: I, I think it's it's really, I think having a recording of your lectures is really important, even knowing that you you may not go back and listen to it in full, but being able to skim through it is important. And I think there are so many tools right now for recording lectures, especially even online, right? right? You, you can put out your phone if you happen to be going to school right now. You can go, you know, if you have a Zoom call, you can record that Zoom call yourself, either with software, or even just put, put your phone right next to your computer and mm-hmm. record the audio of, of, your, uh, of your Zoom call. Whatever is easiest. The nice thing about it is being able to listen to it back at a different speed. For me I can I feel like I can scrub through at 1.5 or or double speed and I can get the information of the lecture I just heard and and uh, be able to take notes on it as I go if I if I found I got behind.
1: And check out what your combinations are with your school too because a lot of them yeah. do have a note taking uh person that will give will take notes and then give them uh, or give you their notes. Many universities will also um The professors will give you their PowerPoint slides too. So you can go through the lecture again with the PowerPoint, um, which can be Mm -hmm. really helpful. Um, So I think the key is finding a nice balance, right? Like what kind of note-taking method do you like, which we're not going to talk about today. Um, I do think we have past episodes where we've talked about different note-taking. And Pete, you'll have to look for those and put those into the show notes.
0: Good luck, Pete.
1: <laughs> I know. That's a
0: message for future Pete.
1: Future Pete. That's right. Uh
0: um, I, I actually have so many. Like I have this is we're gonna talk about this in a minute. I have uh I, I'm gonna talk about one. I, I just made you a liar. I'm gonna talk about one note taking strategy that's new to me that I'm pretty excited about. And I'm gonna post all kinds of videos and uh, of of some of my favorite believe it or not, I have favorite note takers like that I look up to really? as God, uh, just weirded out. I just made me weird.
1: You're not wow. weird. I don't think anybody would. Be I surprised. just made me
0: the weird one in the room. Okay, <laughs> no one would be. Wow. Yeah, definitely well, no more podcasting on love, Fridays. You
1: love technology.
0: I do. I do. That is true. That's accurate. Okay. <laughs> so of course. So you're gonna have links your to come. One. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited about that, and uh, and and I think we're gonna. I think you're gonna have a lot of resources to well, look at if you, you want. Why are you not them.
1: talking about it now? While we're talking about notes.
0: All right. Because you just said that we weren't talking about notes, but I'm going to get I'm going to humor. I'm going to humor yeah. you because it won't take long. Cool. It's called. Oh, my goodness. It's called Zettelkasten. Zettel. I know Kasten. it. All, it's already weird. Look, Zettelkasten is a German word. And it's uh, it, it's um, uh, it, it. I I feel like I'm pretty on top of note taking strategies that have been around mm-hmm. a while. Right. Just given what we do and, uh, it, you know, classes. a love of. Yeah, and I mean, teaching classes, I had never heard of this at all. And yet, it is a note-taking strategy, an information, personal information management strategy that dates back to the 1500s. That is Amazing that this has been going on for so long people uh, academics experts uh, uh, you know pe- researchers have been using this technique and and the bottom the, the if you boil it all down uh, it really uh, consists of building a library of knowledge in single notes right so you like you have a concept and you essentially put it on a note card, and that note card represents your words about that concept, a few sentences that say, you know, this is what, um, you know, a, a this is what this chemical reaction is, right? Or this is what institutionalized racism is, as defined by, you know, this expert, or um, uh, whatever it is, that becomes that note. And then in its purest form, on paper, on these, like, card catalogs of note-taking, you would uh, actually index it. You'd put a number on it, and essentially it becomes a card catalog of your personal knowledge. And in the early days, before computers, right, that's what people did. They would create these file systems of knowledge, of things they've learned. They're essentially building flashcards of notes and then when it comes time to bring them together, they actually can string these ideas together for their research papers, their documents. It's, uh, you know, one of the researchers who pioneered Zettelkasten is, wrote 400 books using this method of 20,000 wow. cards that he would string together to, to, to create knowledge. And tools that we have today, digital tools today, make this incredibly easy. And I've been exploring it over the last several months, and I love it. For some of the work that I'm doing, so I'm going to share some some links and videos for you to see Zettelcast in action, to understand kind of what how it works and what some of the digital tools are that you can use to really uh, make use of it. Uh, it's 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 a work of knowledge management art, and I'm I'm very excited to be exploring it.
1: Well, and it's always great to hear, even though this has been around for so long that there's so many mm-hmm. different options of how to take notes, right? I mean, we've talked about Cornell uh, method. We've talked about mind yep. mapping. We've talked about, you know, the standard bullet point, you know, timeline kind of things. And And, you know, here's just another way of doing it. And I think for ADHD specifically, it's such a good thing that we have choices, you know, that you can actually choose to do one, maybe for one class because it makes sense and then choose to do it a different yeah. way you know for another class so yeah i'm excited to see the videos this will be good.
0: Well, and it's very similar to as some of the other tools we've recommended before, Quizlet or Anki, mm-hmm. these tools that allow you to build your own flashcard decks right. and use them on your phone, kind of you're waiting in line, whatever. Uh, it's a um, it's a lovely um, sort of set of tools that you integrate into your into your life, not just for class, like right. just anything you want to learn. You can you you think about these sort of atomic particles of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, make, it makes you a lifelong learner. How do you do that? That's so. great. Anyway, back to the show. Okay.
1: Well, just a couple more things to do during class. Uh, Now, recently we did talk about focus uh, and, you know, trying to stay focused when you're watching the online um, lecture. If, 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 that just sounds so sad, when you are back in school, not if, (laughs) when, uh, choose to sit in the front of the class in the center. So... If you're looking at you know, where should I sit, sit in the center in the front because it will help you stay focused. It will help you um, kind it will kind of jolt you out of being distracted because if the professor is right in front of you all of a sudden and then he's he or she's to the left and then to the right and the back I mean you, you even if you're just following where the professor goes right, at least you're focusing on that. so that's a really good place for you to sit. Um, The other thing that I would suggest is have some kind of fidget toy, especially if you have the hyperactivity and the ADHD, just to have something to do with your hands while you're trying to to listen in. And uh, this is what I've been telling all of my students. You know, you have ADHD. The people that are listening, you have ADHD, you're going to get distracted and it's okay. And the lovely thing about this is that these classes are mostly recorded. If you are in class, you can probably still record it, um, as what Pete was saying. And so you have Mm -hmm. a chance to, you know, to listen to it again. Or, you know, if you have a friend who is in that class or you can look at somebody else's notes, you'll be able to get the information again. So don't beat yourself up. Just because you got distracted and you had to pull yourself back in, um, it's going to happen, and that's okay.
0: I I think I uh, support every single bit of that, uh, and I would just add that as you're going to school online for many, many students, whether or not you're in this sort of toggle approach where you went to class for two days and suddenly you're online again, or if your whole semester's online... You can create the mental model for yourself that you're sitting in the front of the the room, right? Use Zoom as a way to do that for yourself. Visualize yourself sitting in the front of the room. You're looking at the instructor from a perspective that is as if you're right in their face, right? right. You're looking at <laughs> right in the front, and and I think that's a that's an important way to go to it. But imagine yourself as a front of the room student, and mm-hmm. that will take hold. The other thing that I would add just from a a technical adaptation um, is, and and I know this is a little bit sensitive and a lot of schools don't have any sort of mandate for this, but my recommendation is if you have the bandwidth to support it, to turn your camera on while you are in class. I see a lot of representations of class on you, on you. on you, right? Right. Because that creates more of a connection between you and your instructor. And it reminds you that you're an active participant in class. By seeing your face there, you know that other people will see you stop and pick your nose or take a giant crummy bite of that croissant that you're not a hundred percent to paying attention to class. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of reasons not to put your camera on. I recognize that. But I see this as a potential for for you to create a connection with your instructor and with your learning as a visual reminder that you're here, you're present, you're not just watching another YouTube video, right? right? right. This is a real life engagement. And if you turn your camera off, you forget. It just becomes another thing you can watch. Right. And I don't think you're as engaged. I do not believe you're as engaged. So that's kind great of my tip. hypothesis. I I think it's too early to know if, we, you know, whether or not I'm right, but I would encourage you to try it out and try see what it. you think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um. Okay. After class. So we talked about time blocking and we talked about, have you know, before we talked about, um or I guess last week, we talked about time blocking and study, having these study sessions. Mm -hmm. So before you sit down to go do your homework or start studying or whatever it is that you need to do, especially with homework, uh, review your notes from the class that you had that day, right? So you are reviewing notes and skimming chapters quite often, right? So if you look at before class, you're skimming the chapter, you're reviewing uh, your old notes, you're taking notes during class. And now here it is after class, you're getting ready to, to... uh, have a study session. Review your notes again from the classes that you had that day. Um, again, it helps with retention. I know it sounds like overkill, but it works. If you want better grades, this is how you do it, is you keep building that knowledge and you keep repeating it and you keep putting it in your mind and keep engaging in it. That's such a big piece too with ADHD is that you have to engage yourself into the material somehow. So whether that means, you know, I tell people who are taking history classes, think about what, when you're studying different people in different um, times, you know, who would you be and why would you be that president? Or why would you be, you know, whoever it is that you're studying and put themselves in that position and think about well, would you have treated, you know, would you have done the same thing? Would you have done something different? Because all of that means you're engaging with it. You're personalizing it. You're making it s- s- something that means something to you. Now, if you're taking a math or s- statistics class, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to be easy to engage yourself into that. Um but some of those other classes, history, psychology, sociology, a lot of those things you certainly can. And when you're reviewing your notes, because you're doing it on the same day, you can add little visuals around them, timelines, diagrams, mind maps. Um, I taught my daughter when we were studying for her permit, um, when we were studying like different cross or... Uh, you know like traffic rules and stuff we would draw it out you know like okay this is where you can turn right without having to uh, wait for the red light you know you can go ahead and turn and those kinds of things help because you can then visually see what it is that you need to know right um so add to them as you're as you're reviewing them
0: one of the Sets of videos, resources that I'm going to put in the notes uh, really demonstrate experts on note taking doing exactly this, like figuring out a way to augment based on their quick sketches and notes during class, but to augment their learning by truly interacting with the material after class. I think it's really it's, it's great stuff. Uh,
1: now, for the exam, there, what I'm going to talk to you today about is a very small portion. Of how to study for an exam, um, and you know, it, it, it because it can. There's so many different strategies that you can use, but this, these are this is kind of the meat of it. The first thing you want to do, and we we mentioned this last week, is develop a study plan. So when you know when your exam is coming up, whether it's a midterm or a final, um, figure out how much time you need to study effectively for the amount of material that's going to be on that test. So for a midterm, you may be okay to study a week out or a weekend before. For a final, I would suggest that you start the the plan a couple weeks ahead, but then start knowing that in a week or so you're going to start really, you know, working this plan. But we got to look at how many chapters do you have Uh, have to read or go over how many topics and you just start breaking it down. Um, And you review, you study, you review, and you study. So if you have a uh, midterm that is chapters one, two, and three, then the first day you you may be studying chapter one. The next day, I want you to review what you studied in chapter one and then go to chapter two. The next day, I want you to review what you studied in chapter one, chapter two, and then go to chapter three. Every day you're going back to the very beginning. You don't have to spend as much time on it as you do on the new chapter that you're, you're studying that day, but you want to go back because this is the retention. I can't emphasize it enough. If you keep reviewing it, you're going to know it. You're going to know it. And then by the time you get to that, that test, it, you know it. I mean, right. I mean, and, and if you don't know, if you really are confused and you have questions, go to your office hours. Talk to your professor. Please
0: go to your office <laughs> Please. hours. They
1: Please. They want to help you. And even with it being online, you know, then you send that email and you set up a Zoom call and don't be shy um, because we want you to get that help. Attend study sessions. Meet with a study group, even with Zoom. Talk to other people because, again, the more you engage yourself in the material that you're learning and you get to have conversations with somebody else who's in the class, the retention goes up because now you guys are communicating. You're having a conversation about what this means to me. How do you interpret this? What questions do you have? You may know more about something than somebody else does. Um, and, and you can go over it that, that way. And then the last thing that I want to say is you want to act like you're the teacher. So when you are at your final stage and you are just reviewing, you're not review studying, review studying, you're just reviewing, right? This is where you want to be about a day or two before the actual test. I suggest that you get up from wherever you are and you be the professor and you teach the class and you tell your plants, your dog, your cat, your stuffed animals, the trees outside, whoever you want to talk to. what you know in your own words and what and what you'll find out pretty quickly is what you don't know <laughs> and what right, you need to right. go back to and and review more but you do these things and again I just can't emphasize enough about the retention and how much more confident you will be when you go in to take that test if for some reason you come back and you didn't do as well on the exam as you thought i highly suggest too that you get the exam if you can and talk to your professor about what went wrong because something didn't connect if you didn't do right. as well as you thought you were, you know, did or that you felt like you should have done or whatever. So, um, don't just let that slide figure out. Yeah. Why.
0: Right, right, right. Understand that. I, and, and I just, I, I want to reinforce this. We talked about it earlier when we started, but I, I want to reinforce this. If you are doing the things that you need to do before during and after class. If you're, if you're taking notes, if you're reviewing the material, if you're building sets of, of flashcards that you need to remember key terms uh, and concepts, and you're able to do those things in, in micro doses, right? Micro doses of class learning during the semester, you will be ready for the exam without a lot of stress at all, right? Because you'll get to it and you'll look at your study plan and you'll be like, oh, not only do I know this, I've integrated it into myself, and I know how to use it, and you'll be able to demonstrate that mastery quite easily and efficiently, and so you won't need to worry about it. And so I I, I think that that, that is the mentality change that I would call for in this conversation, which is start with the end in mind, and it's not to, to do well on the test. It's to be a person who knows how to do the things that you're learning here. And the more efficiently you can be that person, then tests are nothing to you. Exactly. You dominate exactly. tests. You eat them for lunch. Right. right. Right.
1: Well, and one last thing too that I want to suggest is that if you're a full time student, that is a full time job and to treat it like a full time job. And yeah. um you know, it's hard for young adults, I think, because it's such a transitional time time period, right? Like they're on their own, but they're not because the parents are still kind of supporting them, but they're in college, but they have a lot more freedom. And it doesn't feel like it's full time because you're only taking, you know, 15 credits, right? 15 hours mm-hmm. of school. But you got to also have the mentality that, It is, if you want good grades, and I don't even mean like, I mean, I'm happy. (laughs) I think it's great when somebody gets a C and they worked really hard and got that C, right? I'm not saying that the good grade has to be an A. I want you to do the best that you can and feel really good about what you're doing. Um, But it is a full-time job. And... You know, to do these things that we've talked about, it takes time and work, and you've got to put in the time and work to do that. And that's where you start thinking of this as a job. If you weren't in college, you would have a 40-hour a job or you would have some kind of mm-hmm. job, right, that you would have to go to to support yourself. Right now, right. this is your job. And... um And it's, you know, you're still learning a lot about life and you're still trying to figure out how to manage time and all of that. And it's going to get messy and it's going to, you know, things are going to happen. But the skills you learn now will definitely help you as an adult when you go into the working world. Um, Because as we said, all of this applies uh, to your future adult self, (laughs) you know?
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, I, I, um, I love this subject uh, so, so very much. And I think it's something that, you know, I, I hope that people who are not students don't see this title and jump right through it and skip it, because uh, I, I think these are concepts that are are absolutely, um, you know, uh, critical. Yes. For And this is, as somebody who is Deeply into his forties, and I know, has right? spent 15 years teaching class <laughs> online and in classrooms at, at universities. And I still see it as something that I'm, I, I deal with all the time. So great,
1: and we do go. have a Thank sheet. You. We have a worksheet, uh, or not a worksheet. It's just a download of everything yeah. that we that we've talked about, plus more. There's a few things that are in the sheet that I didn't talk about today. So mm-hmm. um, that's in our show notes, and you can take a look at that too.
0: Lots of links, lots of, uh, lots of things that will help you get started. Lots of videos. Videos are fun. They are fun. Watch the videos. Yeah. Enjoy the stuff. Thank you everybody, uh, for, uh, for sticking with us, uh, and for your time and for your attention. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.